0: all right good morning welcome here to uh the nick reed show on ksgf one i i'm darren chapel filling in for nick reed and um we are going to we're going to uh continue our discussion on the, the president trump issue with the colorado supreme court and the craziness that's going on with that but first we got to go to the news and see what's going on in the world around us today all right, and our first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorolo- meteorologist Tom Schmidt, still too early. Today, rain and snow throughout the day with a high near 40. Tonight, 20% of snow showers, uh, otherwise mostly cloudy with a low around 30. And Friday, a slight chance for snow, cloudy with a high of 37. So it's winter time. It's no good, but the snow falls and everybody's IQ does too, and uh, that's that's why you got to be careful out there. And and you know I, I totaled my truck last year or this year as I was going to Jeff City when we had the ice <clears throat> real bad on I forty four. I was driving and uh, a, a semi the draft off the semi just blew my truck right off the road and uh, i totaled it so it can happen uh quickly thankfully nobody was hurt just just tore my truck up um all right so uh one of the things about this argument that is given uh about the 14th amendment specifically section three which prohibits officers of the united states to hold any future office if they have engaged in insurrection against the United States or against a state. There there, there are so many things about this that, that I find uh, almost comical. First, first of all, the 14th Amendment, as we said, was was written specifically to emasculate the states and take power away from the states and give it to the national government. So the idea that a state, Colorado, is using the 14th Amendment to disqualify anybody uh, from holding national office that in and of itself is 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 funny to me because uh, that that is exactly not what the 14th amendment was about a state stepping out and exercising that power now i would argue that they may very well have that power but to use the 14th amendment to do it is just Historically comical. Uh, secondarily, uh, the insurrection that was described there in the uh, third section, is that only applying to this to the Civil War? I mean, we we have not declared it such by Supreme Court. Uh, decision Um, but that's one of the questions that has to be asked if it only applied to the civil war and not to any and all insurrections that might ever come to pass well then clearly president trump was not involved in the civil war Uh, neither he nor joe biden are that old Um, so so that's that's not the case so that has to be decided as well and then the question as to whether or not the president is an officer of the united states or an officer under the united states both phrases are used only. Almost interchangeably, but the 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 wording of the Constitution itself suggests that the president is not an officer, and we have a subsequent Supreme Court that applies uh, to the um, the question uh, of whether or not the president is an officer of the United States in uh, 1888, which was only 20 years after the ratification of the of the 14th Amendment, and so that suggests that. It doesn't apply to the president. And if it doesn't, then he can't be held accountable to something that doesn't apply to him. And and I'm not arguing in favor of President Trump or against F- President Trump. I'm talking about the historical context of the presidency itself, because things like this matter. Words matter. And the context in which those words are used also matter. But the funny thing about this to me that I just find Completely ironic that we're using the 14th Amendment in this way in Colorado is not about Section 3, but it's about Section 1. So, as I said before, the 14th Amendment gave us the concept of dual citizenship. And because of that, that's how the Bill of Rights has been uh, incorporated to the state's. Uh, Over the years, beginning in 1921, 1925, were two of the first cases, uh, 1925, um, uh, Getwell versus New York, where the the Bill of Rights began to be applied to the states. Originally, the Bill of Rights were the first 10 amendments uh, were only designed to limit the national government, but not the state governments. Well, because of the 14th Amendment and this concept of dual citizenship, the Supreme Court began to apply the Bill of Rights to the states. And so the state governments are then restricted by those uh, by those amendments as well. And and they've done it piecemeal. Um, uh, it began, like I said, 1925 with get well. But um, the Second Amendment was only applied to the to the states in 2010. And, and it, it will still happen as we have cases that come up. But but the 14th amendment in so applying that says this all persons or born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the united states and of the state wherein they reside there's that dual citizenship thing it then goes on to say no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor denying to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Well, hey, guys, (laughs) President Trump hasn't been convicted of insurrection anywhere. Furthermore, he's never even been charged with insurrection. A lot of people use that word and talk about January 6th in that way, but he's not been convicted of any of it. There is no due process of law. And the 14th Amendment specifically says that no state shall deprive any citizen of their liberty, like to run for president, unless they've had that due process of law which says they are ineligible. So the, the Supreme Court of Colorado has just simply said, look, a lower court said the, 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 the judge said that the president was guilty of, of insurrection, but he wasn't charged with that. He wasn't convicted of that. That's just an opinion of a jurist. And the Supreme Court took that opinion of that one individual and said, based on that, we're not going to let the president be on the ballot. It's ridiculous. Alright, we gotta take another break and then when we come back we're gonna continue talking about this. Uh, Shane Shane is gonna join us at the bottom of the hour and we're gonna be right back here with you on KSGF one oh four one. Oh man. It's so sappy. I mean that's the thing, you know, it's not it's not I'm not anti Christmas as a holiday. I like Christmas. So the kids, the kids opening presents and getting together with family and all the food and football. I love all that stuff. But
1: and you secretly love Christmas music.
0: I don't like Christmas music. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I struggle with it. It's fine leading up to it, but then after Christmas is over, notwithstanding Russian traditions. Uh, <laughs> Having never been in Russia, uh, it's never been a great impact on my on my decision making. Once Christmas is over, I'm pretty well done with Christmas music. Mm. Like I'm ready for all the lights to go away. See,
1: it all just begins for me.
0: I know, I know. Wow, well, pretty sure you have to give that up when you become an American citizen. But whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, so okay, so the the uh, my point is, obviously, uh, that the Fourteenth Amendment specifically gives uh, uh, rights and privileges that are guaranteed by the Constitution against the national government and specifically applies those at least in part to the states, and one of them is the right of due process of law. And President Trump has never been charged with insurrection as an actual crime people talk about it all the time you know if you watch cnn or msnbc that's all you hear but that there's that's not being charged with it and he's certainly not been convicted of it uh there's you know video of the president encouraging the crowds that were gathered in washington dc on january 6th to go to the capitol for peaceful protests well i that's the weirdest insurrection i've ever heard and and you have the capitol police uh on video uh some of the individuals involved uh removing barriers and opening doors and letting people into the capitol well you know as somebody said i don't know who originally stated it or i'd give them credit but how many insurrections have tour guides i mean i i I don't know how that works are there people on january 6th who absolutely cross the line and um Uh, deserve to be punished by law. No doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, I knew an individual who was a police officer who had been there. And when he got back, uh, he was sending, you know, he was posting on Facebook that, you know, he was all hyped up and wound up. And he just said, you know, we, we just ought to shoot all the communist Democrats. (laughs) you can't do that when your job involves carrying a badge and a gun you know you can't say things like that and uh, the city council decided that he they no longer needed his services as a police officer okay fair game Uh, i mean you hate to see that kind of stuff happen but to say that you're guilty of insurrection when you've never been charged with such and you've certainly never been convicted of such. And then based on that declaration with no due process of law, you're going to be excluded from the ballot in in a presidential election um, with no due process at all and use the 14th Amendment to cite that as the basis of your decision when it's the 14th Amendment that says the states can't ignore due process of law. It's just asinine. It's absolutely ridiculous the way that they've come down on this, and I, I suspect that the Supreme Court is going to take the case up relatively quickly and that they will make their decision relatively quickly because the primaries are coming up. I'm not sure when Colorado's primaries are, but Colorado's not the only state looking to do this. As I understand, there are 10 or 12 others that are also looking to do this based on Colorado's lead. So this is this is going to be very fast, very definitive, and I suspect that the Supreme Court, especially given its current makeup, is going to side on the idea that the president is not an officer of the United States. There is one fly in the ointment, and that is that when President Trump was being charged, not for insurrection, but for other uh, supposed criminal activities by states, he, he, his legal team argued that as, a, as an officer of the United States, he should his case should be moved to federal court. Um, There's a specific act of Congress that said that officers of the United States have to be tried in federal court, and so his side claimed that he was an officer so that he could be tried in federal court. so that that's going to you know, that's going to be a, a fly in the ointment. But the um, the final analysis on this is, is that it does not seem to be the case. Now, there's one other issue that we're going to talk about uh, when we come back uh, after these messages here leading up to the bottom of the hour. And it, it deals with the election of 1860. And some of the people on our side of the aisle are just wrong on this. And I want to clear that up as well. But we're going to do that after we come back here on KSGF 104.1. You, you all... Unfortunately, you all are not getting the full effect of these uh, Christmas music bumpers because um, I don't know if it's because this is just how she is or she knows that it aggravates me uh, but Katie is just bebopping to every single one of these
1: I definitely do this just to annoy you
0: well I've seen you and Kyle White on Saturday <laughs> mornings you when you're in studio with Kyle and Katie just harasses this no. poor man. I mean just on him like white on rice and just That's just
1: how I talk. <laughs> it's just my personality. Yeah. I'm Russian. I can do anything. It's my nature. <laughs> well, that's
0: <laughs> So you're still single? No. No, you're not. Wow.
1: No. no.
0: That's cool. <laughs> There's that somebody.
1: Was a random question. There,
0: well, I'm just you know you're talking about your personality and you're mm-hmm. just being hacking on people. I just didn't know how that was working out for you.
1: Oh no, no, Kyle. Kyle is my very good friend, and we worked together on the weekends for the past like five years.
0: But you hack on him continuously.
1: He does the same thing to me I, I, I understand. All the time. I
0: understand. Okay. I just, I just was wondering. <laughs> All right. So, um, one of the things that you see a lot of people talk about right now is that here we have another example of Democrats throwing a Republican nominee off the ballot in the States. And they refer back to the election of 1860 with Abraham Lincoln. Um, So Abraham Lincoln was, uh, of course, the first Republican president. He was actually the second nominee for president. John C. Fremont ran for president as a Republican in 1856 and lost. Um, That's the same John C. Fremont that Fremont Street here in Springfield is named after, by the way. And. uh Abraham Lincoln is the second nominee. He's the first to win, but his name was not, uh, we're told, not on the ballot in 10 states, the same states that then seceded after he was elected in 1860. But that's not entirely accurate because it's true that um, his name was not available To vote for in those states. But the reason why that was was because there were no paper ballots in presidential elections in those in those states or really most states. There were no paper ballots uh, printed up by the state for people to choose this person or this person. What happened was the parties would print up slates. And so this is our nominee for president, vice president, yada, 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 all the way down the line. And um, you you took one of those and you handed those in at the at the at the poll and say, OK, I'm voting Republican or I'm voting Democrat or Whig or whatever the case might be uh, prior to the Civil War. The, the that's how it was done. And. Or you could take a blank one and fill it out yourself. But the vast majority of people just took whatever party they associated with and they turned that in at the poll and then that's who got their vote. But it wasn't the state doing it. It was the parties doing it. And the Republican Party recognized they had almost no chance to win at all in any of those 10 states. And so the Republican Party didn't print up any of those ballots didn't print up any of those slates for individuals. And so, yes, Abraham Lincoln was not on the ballot in 1860 in those 10 states. But it's not because those states threw him off. It's because the Republican Party didn't print any up and he didn't get any votes in nine of the 10 states. One of the 10 states, he got like one percent write in votes. But. He, he he didn't get any votes he wasn't on the ballot but it was because the republican party determined that it wasn't in their best interest to spend that money so you know i think there's an there's a historical textual constitutional argument to be made that president trump should not be thrown off the ballot in colorado but it's not referring back to 1860. And you see it on Facebook and Twitter and or X or whatever it is now, and you hear people talking about it and, you know, here go the Democrats again, throwing a Republican nominee off the ballot, um, <laughs> That that's not what happened. And we should not, we should not try to support sound reasoning with fallacious argumentation. We We just should not give over to that. We shouldn't fall prey to that temptation. But it sounds good. And people say, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I remember that in school. Well, if you do, they taught it wrong because that's not what took place. And uh, what's happening now is really a question of uh, a violation of President Trump's due process rights and the irony that they're using the 14th Amendment, which gives and guarantees him those rights at the state level. Um, Using that as the basis to ignore his rights is is, you know, unbelievable to me. But that's what they've decided to do. And who knows what's going to happen. But as the texter uh, texted in earlier and said, hey, if 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 states can do this, what's going to happen if. Stolen elections, and I I would argue that the 2020 election was not so much stolen as it was given away by lazy and uh, inattentive Republican legislatures in Arizona and Pennsylvania and uh, other other states as well. And they just ignored their responsibility and 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 abdicated to to the uh, Secretary of State in each of those states. Uh, Not so much stolen is just given up. But if if it's determined by a court somewhere that that is evidence of insurrection by this standard, by this pattern that Colorado has established, how many people out of Congress are we going to throw out? I mean, how many? And look at all the statements prior to the election of 2020. Let's look at 2016. How many people? talked about the uh, president trump and that election and it being stolen and illegitimate and all that i mean is that insurrection if we don't have the the proper definitions if we don't follow due process of law i guess it could be and if it is then who who's ineligible now so you know you got to be careful what you ask for some of this stuff will come back and bite you in in ways that you never intended but that's that's how it works that, that's how we have to deal with the situations when they're presented to us. And Colorado stepped in it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be joined by Shane Schuller. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking to uh, to him about uh, oh, all kinds of stuff. But at any rate, we'll be right back here with you uh, after these messages on KSGF one oh four one.
1: Springfield's Talk 1041, your first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by Wolfpack Cleaners, your residential and commercial professionals. Uh, today, rain and snow throughout the day with a high near 40. Tonight, we do have a 20 percent chance of snow showers, otherwise mostly cloudy with a low around 30. 30. And uh, on Friday, we have a slight chance for snow with cloudy skies and a high of 37 currently in springfield cloudy skies and 32 degrees all right hi hi
0: sarah how are you i'm great how are you
1: i'm good did you have a good christmas i did oh good
0: got to see all the kids opening up their presents oh and how all fun that gets, how yeah. old
1: are your grandkids
0: i have two that are nine i have a, uh, I guess i have a seven-year-old a five-year-old and two that are almost three.
1: Oh, those are all fun ages.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all at that age where it's a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. um, my uh, the, the twins, um, the three year olds or almost three year olds. This was the first year that they were really into it.
1: Were they into Santa this year?
0: No, but if you have kids, turn the radio off for a second. Uh, <laughs> we don't really do Santa much. Mm, okay. Um, We just don't. Gotcha. I never, I never wanted to tell my kids something that I'd have to explain later why I told them that. That was just, that was just the way we saw it. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying you're a horrible person if you disagree, but (laughs) I just, you know, that whole why did you let me believe this for six years and then i had to find out at school look like an idiot because i'm the only one who still believes i mean i never wanted to have that conversation <laughs> so we just didn't but
1: to each their own yeah
0: whatever my kids always knew that santa had a budget i know that <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right so um Sarah's joining us. Katie uh, got overwhelmed with Christmas music and had to go celebrate, I guess. Um, so Sarah's with us.
1: She hasn't had her Christmas yet.
0: I know that's what she was explaining to me. I told her I thought you had to give that up when you took the citizenship test, but whatever. <laughs> She's all excited. So uh, we are joined in studio with Shane Schuller, who is a Greene County clerk. And... Um, Welcome. Good morning, Darren. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Yeah. Shane is also running, obviously, for secretary of state and uh, just wanted to bring you in and kind of talk about that race uh, and some of the things that you hope to achieve as secretary of state and and kind of what your thought process is on the relationship specifically between the secretary of state and the legislature, because you you were speaker pro tem in the house. So you've seen that side of it up close and personal mm-hmm. and the total dysfunction that that entails at times. <laughs> but uh, but so tell us a little bit about your race for Secretary of State and, and some of the things you hope to accomplish.
2: Well, um, of course, I've been the uh, county clerk now going on, finishing my ninth year. We'll start my 10th year um, next week. And, you know, one of the things I think that's important in terms of the integrity of elections is having someone who understands elections being in that role um, for Secretary of State. And I think the things that... I've learned over the past nine years and now start my 10th year, as I mentioned, I think those can be very helpful. One of the things probably a lot of listeners are not aware of is after the 2020 election, we had a number of election officials who are no longer there um, since 2022. Mm -hmm. And so that was when, um, you know, county clerks run again this in 2022. And so we have between a quarter to a third of new um, county clerks across the state. And so when you think about that in terms as we get ready for 2024 and beyond, um, you know, every election, there is a learning process that goes through that. I remember uh, um, before I was sworn into office, one of the things my predecessor, Richard Storkoff, said, he says, you don't want too few elections um, because elections are like, for instance, riding a bike. You, You have to ride that bike often enough so that you're familiar with it. And it's the same thing for an election. You know, every election takes 10 weeks um, to administer. There's a lot of, of uh, duties that are involved in that 10 weeks that, you know, if you're a brand new election official, You're not just dealing with elections. You're also, if you're, for example, over in Webster County, Lawrence County, um, you know, we're a first-class county, so we have a budget officer, you're also preparing the budget for the commission. Um, You're also overseeing tax administration. You're also overseeing licensing. You're doing accounts payable. Mm -hmm. There are a number of duties that new county clerks are learning in their roles. I think it's important to have a secretary of state who can come alongside them and be there to help them and assist them and really give them the knowledge and the empowerment to be able to do their job and do it well.
0: Sure, that makes sense. You know, we had a a big push for uh, so the previous session in the House Mm -hmm. and Senate, um, the presidential preference primary was done away with. Correct. Uh, We've got a lot of pushback. Uh, They tried to bring it back in this session. Mm -hmm. Uh, Frankly, I voted no. Uh, Took a lot of heat locally and elsewhere. Yes. Um, But what people didn't understand was those preferential primaries were never binding it was always we've always been a caucus state Mm -hmm. the 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 electors to the electoral college have always been determined by caucus in the state of missouri we just had a primary um to kind of help guide that process in the sense that okay this is what the people want but it was never binding
2: right and people forget the history of why we went to the primary mm-hmm. you know back in uh, 2000 when you had you know our own john ashcroft getting ready to run for president at the same time dick Gephardt, who was in congress you know he was i think the minority leader at the time mm-hmm. um over on the house side you know he was getting ready to run for president too and so the legislature at that time decided to go to the primary because they thought that was most beneficial to both of them in terms of their candidacy for presidents and so you know really that was the first time we ever had a primary we were caucus state always before that
0: so a lot of people their entire political awareness was mm-hmm. developed under the primary system and now since we don't have one yes and, and they cost anywhere from you know 11 to 14 million dollars depending in on how today's it works. Dollars. Yeah, yeah they cost that much money so people are like well well, you're stealing my my vote. <laughs> well,
2: it's a nomination.
0: It's a nominate. First of all, it's not an election. Mm-hmm. Primaries are not elections; they are nomination processes. Right. Secondarily, those votes never counted. They were they were never mm-hmm. binding. Well, 2012 showed that. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got uh, the cost of the state funding this private party nomination process mm-hmm. it makes no sense whatsoever when we're talking about fiscal responsibility and recognizing the reality. But a lot of people have gotten upset right. because of this.
2: And the other thing I'll mention, you know, it's kind Clerk association. You know, we're there to administer election that we're responsible for. But one of the things we've continued to say to the legislature is literally the president's primary and the April election were normally about three weeks apart. So you begin to think about that. We're administering two elections at the exact same time. We have absentee voting going on at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. We had voters who would get their ballots mixed up. If they put the absentee ballot into the wrong envelope, that ballot would not count. So there are things that... We've said, if you're going to do it, you need to make sure there's a better timeline separation between the primary and the April election. And yeah. so there were even just some logistical issues there in sure. terms of mentioning that just from a county clerk perspective that a lot of folks were not aware of. And yeah. the reason I say that is when you have that many things you're juggling, you're inevitably because you know, humans administer elections, you're going to have an unintentional error. And a lot of times it's going to come in the April election because there's a lot of different things that are happening during April election that are not involved even in the presidential primary.
0: We want to talk a little bit more about that, but we got to take a quick break and we're going to come back here with uh, Shane Schiller here on KSGF 104.1. All right. So uh, we are back here on KSGF and Nick Reed is out today. Sarah's here because she's uh, diligent. But Nick's gone <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and I'm filling in for him today. I'm Darren Chappell uh, and we've got Shane Schiller here with us, who is the Green County clerk and is running for secretary of state uh, in this this election cycle. And, and you mentioned the the April elections there. Mm-hmm. There is a push, and just briefly want to touch on this because I do want to talk about your race. There is a push in the legislature to take the municipal local elections of April and putting them in the August-November cycle. What, what, as, city, as, a, as a county clerk, what do you think about that as a possibility?
2: Well, just from an administrative point of view, one of the things that people have to realize is that every time – you have more ballot selections in terms of the political subdivision and the lines of that, you're creating more ballots in terms of ballot types for the election. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of counties, That's going to become a real challenge in terms of, you know, when a voter comes in to vote, are they being handed hand of the correct ballot? Because you're dealing with people who, you know, they usually get three to four hours of training at most before any major election. Um, and it's not uncommon, um, you know, to have someone have a conversation, suddenly they grab the wrong pack of ballots, they're mm-hmm. handing out the wrong ballots. Those are lo- lo- logistical things we need to think through in terms of, because you're gonna have your state senate, potentially, you're gonna have always your state rep in November and August of an even-numbered years. And then you're gonna have your wards for city council, you have your school district. All that begins to layer in, mm-hmm. as you begin to create some real challenges in terms of, of that um, aspect of it. And then the other thing to think about is, if you're someone that's running for a school board election every odd year you're going to have essentially an april type of a turnout in august and november and then in the even numbered year you're going to have a much you know higher turnout, because whether it's midterm, whether it's president, you're going to have a lot more people showing up. So you create some inconsistency there in terms of because every year you're going to have a municipal um, or school board election, for example, unless, you know, that's changed in their state constitution.
0: Yeah, it's just an interesting concept because a lot of people say that part of the problem is we have such low turnout Mm -hmm. in April elections that it's not an accurate representation. I argue, well, then get out and vote correct you know i mean we keep trying it's like term limits we're, we're trying to correct the cause the the effects of the problem and we're not addressing the problem the problem is low voter turnout
2: Correct. And usually when you make things easier, it does not do what you think it's going to do.
0: Well, I, I, I say it so often. People are sick of hearing it. But you get to throw the pebble in the pond. You don't get to control where the ripples go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's always, always, always unintended consequences.
2: And, and that's what I and I've had that conversation like, you know, you're welcome to make that change. But I've said the exact same thing. Like, there's going to be things you didn't anticipate that will happen when you and, and when I think of is when we got rid of straight ticket voting. Sure. You know, the, at that time, the Republicans had control. We had the uh, governor's mansion, and the idea was that Republicans would do better, you know, down ballot from, you know, governor on for statewide races if we get rid of straight ticket voting, because at that time, we were considered to be more of a bellwether state. Well, that was about the time everything flipped, and when we got rid of straight ticket voting, it actually hurt the republican party yeah. and the party did not fare near as well as they thought they would for a couple um, almost eight to ten years there yeah
0: and term limits is the same way all kinds mm-hmm. of unintended consequences mm-hmm. from that and and you know we see it every day but uh people have their opinions and that's the way they want it but man there's you you got to be careful what you ask for so, you, do. you do so tell us tell us about how the race is going for secretary of state how, how is that Taking place for you,
2: it's going well. I mean, one of the great things about you know announcing early on, um, you know earlier this year back in February was the opportunity to get across the state, be able to meet voters across the state. I mean, there is so much energy in our base right now. I mean, normally during an off year when you go to Lincoln Days, you'll have a decent turnout. We had that happen in a few places, but Darren, I think you'd be surprised at how many folks are turning out for Lincoln Days just in an off year. Like we have this year, I see that momentum continuing to build. People are watching what's happening; they're getting engaged, and it's really an opportunity to be able to visit with the voters hand on hand, um, in person, and be able to deliver the message of why I'm running.
0: Sure. So, okay, what is that message? Why Why are you running?
2: Well, and again, it comes back to we want to make sure we have secure, accurate, fair elections. And one of the things I talk to voters, for example, um, a lot of voters don't know that uh, when you go to um, vote by mail, for example, um, absentee ballots, um, when they're returned by mail. We're not required to check that signature on the outer envelope. And I tell them, like most election officials that I'm aware of, that's the best practice to check that signature before that ballot is counted. But what if someone chooses not to do that for whatever reason it may be, and especially if it's for the wrong reason, because they're trying to change the outcome of race? There's nothing we can do in state law to be able to hold them accountable. That's something that I've learned as an election official. I want changed in our state law. I want to see that change made so that if there is an issue there we do have the teeth of law to be able to hold that individual accountable or or whoever would be for example if it was two election judges that decided to do something wrong during that period of time we have the teeth of law to be able to hold them accountable those are important things when you have discussion with voters and the other thing um you know which i'm a little bit surprised about i get flack about from the other side is that we need to make it clear in our state law that you do have to be a citizen of the united states to vote in any election and that includes a local election
0: yeah so um we i have i have an HJR,
2: mm-hmm. which is an amendment
0: to the constitution that changes the wording from all citizens may vote in missouri elections to only citizens mm-hmm. and you talk about flack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so stupid. But there are cities. Mm-hmm. There are no states that officially allow non-citizens mm-hmm. to vote. But there are cities that do. Correct. And I don't trust St. Louis or Kansas City or Columbia um, from never never allowing that to happen. So I want to change yeah, the Constitution. We've
2: seen it happen um, in California. We've seen it happen on the East Coast. And so we know it happens. And we need to make sure our law is clear.
0: All right. Well, okay. We gotta take a quick break. I I always do this. I talk too long. Uh, we gotta take a quick break, and then we're coming back, and we're gonna wrap up uh, with with Shane, and then we'll be out the top of the hour. But we're gonna be right back after this here on KSHF 104.1. Yeah, it is nasty stuff falling out of the sky last night. I was afraid I was gonna. And of course, Sarah, she's so she's so helpful. She's like, don't forget, you gotta be there tomorrow morning, even if it's bad out. So don't be late.
1: I didn't want you to forget. I didn't want you to pull a chapel.
0: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. 10, 12 years ago. I I, I, oh, I,
1: wasn't even here, but I've heard I know, about it.
0: Oh, I know you have because Marts comes in and tells everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I understand. I understand. 10, 12 years ago, I had my alarm set. I was doing the show and my wife was dusting. And Uh that little dial at the bottom of the clock radio that we all used to have, her dust rag caught the edges of that. And it turned my volume on my alarm all the way off so that I knew I'd set my alarm. And this is before, you know, everybody relied on electric technology. And uh, so I was late and uh, I overslept and uh, the producer she called me and she said are you coming in I said oh man I can't believe this Um, I said I can do it over the phone but see that the the system was so shoddy back then you couldn't even do that so one time out of 16 years one time and i still catch that flag so still whatever don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: all uh, it takes is that one time
0: oh man before you were even here
1: that's right
2: all right so anyway at least that wasn't your groundhog day and you kept reliving that oh so. man that's no right. but i have to hear about it forever <laughs> i
0: know that um so um so the the issue concerning citizens and non-citizens yes. voting i think it's imperative i do too uh and and you know they talk about the election of 2020 being stolen i i would argue it's more that republican legislators legislatures uh, abdicated their responsibilities and just ceded it yes. to uh, i'm
2: so glad you mentioned that because yeah. you know in in uh in uh, 2021, early on, I got a chance to be able to speak um, during our um, Green Cannon Lincoln days and give a forum. And, you know, I had a little bit of pushback in, about other states and I said, no, hold on. I said, we can take care of our state with our legislature. But it is the duty of the people that you know in those states to go to their state legislature and say, this is what we want, and get their legislators to act on their behalf. Because I agree, there was a real lack of leadership in our legislatures in some of the other states.
0: At the time, you had Republican legislatures, majorities in both houses Mm -hmm. in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, uh, Nevada. Mm -hmm. And yet, those are the states where there's all this question about whether it was uh, stolen or not. Well, they didn't do their jobs to make sure they... Mm-hmm. those responsibilities to their secretaries of state and uh, a majority of them were Democrats. Correct. Well, <laughs> you know, Shazam, that's what happens when you don't do your job. Absolutely. So anyway, Shane, I appreciate you being on this morning, buddy, and uh, wish you all the best. Uh, you've just done a fantastic job for us as, as county clerk and as uh, representative prior to that. And uh, just wish you all the best. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to 24. It's for going to be you. a great year. It is. It Absolutely. is. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for coming in. we got to take another break here at the top of the hour, and we're going to be uh, right back here on KSGF 104.1.